everyone, and welcome back to episode number three of the 306 Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, I'm here, uh, as usual, with uh, our co-host, Armin Schellenberg, and introducing our special guest today from Prince Albert, Saskatchewan, Dwayne Garrow. Dwayne, how are we doing today? Uh, thanks for having me. You know, got to watch the first couple of episodes, and I'm actually really excited to be here. So thanks for asking me, guys. Right on. Perfect. And Armin, what about you? What's new and exciting? Oh, you know... Loving my uh, new gear I got here and uh, just enjoying the Easter break. Yeah, right. Life. The balmy Saskatchewan weather. Weather's nice. I actually busted out the shorts today. It was not too bad. Um, new in the world of Jordan Carrier. I uh, Two things, I guess. One, I made a big trade. I got the, the jersey on the board. I got my very first shares of A.J. Brown the past week. I ended up uh, dealing in the trade. I ended up getting rid of Devontae Adams and Julio Jones and Alexander Madison for A.J. Brown, Deontay Johnson, Jamal Williams, and then two early thirds. And in that league, it's a 10-team league. So those are relatively decent picks. So could have got a little more, could have got a little less, but uh, definitely looking at the rebuild fashion. So I'm pretty pumped about that. And then in non-fantasy news, um, with the national championship ending yesterday, one of my brackets finished in the top 100th percentile of the world. So top 500 out of what was it? 27 million. So my name has been put into the draw for ESPN to win the grand prize. So that draw comes on April 22nd. So, I mean, it's a long shot. I got got there. So hundred percentile the first time ever I'm in the draw. So fingers are crossed for that one. So not, uh, not fancy football news, but definitely some sport news in general. Um, so today, uh, this is exciting news for us. Our very first sponsor for the 306 Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, so this episode is sponsored by Rebellion Brewery, located in Regina, Saskatchewan. Uh, if you like local quality beers, then Rebellion, Rebellion Brewery uh, should be your next choice. With a wide variety of local flavors, make your next beer a Rebellion beer. Be a rebel and drink great beer. So that uh, we're real thankful for them to be uh, our very first sponsor. Uh, and they're going to be sponsoring our, uh, our segment of this episode for the ice cold hot take. So we'll talk a little bit more about Rebellion Brewery. But I know, Armin, we, uh, we were both pretty excited about this one. Rebellion, definitely one of our favorites. So yeah, uh, it's pretty exciting to have them on board for this episode. Love supporting local beer. And Rebellion is one of the best ones in the province high quality every beer I get. So. I even made sure to bring uh, bring one on for the uh, for the podcast there today. So I'll definitely be having one of those as we're going along and uh, definitely supporting local breweries. So thank you very much, Rebellion, uh, Rebellion Brewing. All right. Um, so today for insiders and headliners, the one piece of news we'll kickstart here is the NFL season changing from 16 games to 17 games. Uh, each team is still going to have just the one buy. And they're reducing the preseason schedule from four games to three games uh, with a week uh, in between the third preseason game and the kickstart of the season uh, kind of as a prep week. So obviously the season changing a little bit. People got to figure out what they're going to do with, um, are you going to go 17 week schedule? Uh, are you going to go 16 week with a, with a double down on the, on the playoffs championship? I'm not too sure, but uh, Dwayne, what's, uh, what are your kind of thoughts on this change in the schedule? Yeah, in my long-standing league, we've had this conversation over uh, over group chat over the last number of days, and really no consensus to what we want to do yet. Um, obviously, different options have, have come about within that group group chat, but um, I'm thinking 
you know, if I had to bet now, it'd probably just be very similar to what we're doing now, but just cut off week 17 and go with that championship game in week 16. There's some positives and negatives to that, but um, if I'm a betting man, I'm, I'm assuming that's what we're going to do. I'm not sure. What have you guys been uh, thinking with yourselves? Yeah, I, I think very similar. I've heard the, I've heard back and forth the, some people want to do the double, the double point collector in the final two weeks there. So you add on the extra week, but then, your regular season still ends at the same time, but then you get an extra week in the playoffs. I don't know if I'm a huge fan of that because the thing about fantasy is every, any week, anybody can win. So it takes that wide scope of, uh, of possibility out. And then I guess at the end of the day, the true best team will win, which I guess that's not necessarily how fantasy works. Like I know in our league there, we've had times where we're the number one or number two point getter each week or number two or number three point getter each week. And then you lose and you don't, and you don't make playoffs, even though on paper you have the best team. So I, I kind of think it's just adding an extra week of regular season and running everything as, as per usual, but that's just my opinion. I guess we'll wait and see what some leagues think, but Arm, I know your commission one league. What are you, what are you thinking for yours? Well, there's a lot of things to consider here because I'm kind of almost leaning towards just keeping it as the same weeks. I'm a little worried and these questions won't be answered until after we see the season go through, but like you could potentially have a team clinching a playoff spot with more weeks left in, in the season than normal and resting guys a little bit earlier. And that's kind of always the thing with uh, putting that championship week before the final week or last two weeks of the regular season is you don't want to have your, your best guys sitting out. So I'm a little worried about that. And then also the talk around the league from players, like not liking it. And are we going to see more guys resting and stuff? So it might be, might be harder to kind of navigate as a fantasy manager moving that, forward. That's a good point about the, uh, the extra bye week there. Like, you know, with, with teams, or I guess just say the extra bye week, but guys resting in the, at the latter end of the schedule, I guess that takes the, uh, the, the resting out of there. And so you don't have to kind of consider that for teams that'll clinch early, but I guess one thing too is that I, I believe they're still holding on to just the one team bye week. Like, so the rest of the teams in the playoffs, there only is the number one bye. So I still think teams should be battling for that, that bye spot later in the season. But I guess uh, at the end of the day, only time will tell for that one. So, yeah. Uh, another piece of news this one happened uh, like last week. So, I, so maybe uh, we've discussed a little bit on our Instagram platform there a little bit, but. Uh, Miami making a couple of trades and going full draft day, Kevin Cosner with their flip and picks here, but uh, Miami trades the 103 to San Francisco for the 112, 2021 third, uh, 2020 second and a 2023rd first rounder. So gaining a couple first. And then what seemed like minutes following, uh, they end up trading the 112 and the pick 123 uh, and the 2021, or sorry, and the 2022 first for the 106 and pick 156. So kind of swapping uh, and, and moving back a little bit later in the draft this year, uh, and but then going back up to the 106 position. So moving back from the 103 to the 112, then moving back from the 112 up to the uh, up to the 106. Uh, I mean, it shaked things up a little bit. I think it kind of gives a bit of confidence from the Philly perspective going into, uh, you know, something that Dwayne wants to talk about later on. But what's our original reactions to this, you guys? You know what? I like it for Miami. Um, I'm a big Tua guy. I think that a lot of people were uh, a little bit hard on him as they are on a ton of rookie quarterbacks. And um, I, I think getting those extra picks and then coming back to the, the six hole there, and they're going to be in a good position to grab a good skill player. I believe they're going to go skill player in that, that spot, whether it be a Pitts or a chase that falls to them. I think that 
that they've eliminated um, the fact that they've going to go quarterback with uh, that initial move back and then moving back up to the sixth spot. There was no guarantee. I'm sure that that, that was going to happen. So I like it for Miami. I think that they're in a good position. They've done a lot of good things building that defense. They have a lot of, uh, a lot of pieces in place. So um, I really do think that, that was a smart move by the GM. They got a lot of first moving forward too. So even this year, like just missing the playoffs, you're, you're set up for a while. So just keep building the program around those first and, and even seconds and thirds they've got moving forward. Uh, I think definitely Miami could be a team to definitely be concerned about in the, in the next couple of years, if not even this upcoming season too. Armand, what do you figure? I've been impressed with Miami recently. Like they're, they're definitely up and coming there building a core around Tua with the, with these picks. And it's it's awesome to see. I'm excited to see Miami actually be able to compete here fairly soon. The other yeah. the other piece that's nice to think about here too is is the, the, the confidence boost that gives Philly and saying that, hey, Jalen Hurts is our guy. I mean, training back from, from their position where a, a quarterback potential was going to drop to you now to the 12th position – where there's going to be your pick of the litter of, of those top end skill players. I think that definitely gives that little bump that says Jalen Hurts is our guy. I know Philly did leak out to, or I guess you can speculate. They leaked out some information saying, Oh, we don't know if Jalen Hurts is our guy, but I don't know if that's just kind of get a little pep in a step and get a little fire under him because I mean, definitely training back in this year's draft where it's quarterback heavy, definitely must point in the direction that, Hey, you are actually our guy, but. Yeah, I've got I've gone on record, and I'm going to save some of the stuff for my uh, my ice cold hot take at the at the end of the episode here. But I've gone on record in my in my dynasty, my, like my long standing league, that's saying um, that Philly should do that with keep go with Jalen Hurts. But I, I actually truly believe there's there's only two really uh, elite quarterbacks in this draft. Um, you know, so I think that they didn't have an opportunity. They weren't going to get Trevor Lawrence, and they weren't going to get. Zach Wilson. And I think those two guys are head and shoulders above the other guys. And then I think Jalen Hurts actually fits into that next tier with the next group of quarterbacks. They're going to fall in that rookie draft, you know, um, with Mac Jones and uh, Fields. Um, so I think that that was a really smart move by Philly. They have a ton of holes all across that roster right now. So I think that by them, you know, moving back and gaining some draft capital, seeing what they have in Jalen Hurts for a year, um, they have those, I believe it's three first next year of uh, Jalen Hurts. Isn't the guy that they think that, or he doesn't end up being the guy that they want him to be. Then they have some, some draft capital there to move up and snag a quarterback in next year's draft. So giving him an opportunity, hopefully they give him a little bit more than he has right now because they're pretty skeleton across that, that crew right now. So. Yeah, they're, uh, they're 0 for 2 or 0 for 3 on receivers in the last couple drafts. So I think they're definitely due to try and try and hit on one and, and hopefully maybe go with the consensus pick because they've gone against consensus the last couple drafts and it hasn't quite worked out for them. But um, staying on the trade talks, uh, this one was new. It just happened yesterday. And I know this dives into a little bit of what Armin wants to talk about too. But uh, the New York Jets trade Sam Darno. I know there's rumors they're trying to get a first, but uh, I'm actually pretty impressed with the haul they got. Uh, they traded him to Carolina Panthers for this year's sixth round pick and then next year's second round and fourth round pick. Um, on, on paper, I mean, both sides, I think, kind of getting what they wanted. I, I think Carolina saying that we couldn't get into that top echelon of quarterbacks, so we got to make a move to try and go for somebody that we actually want. And, and I think both sides kind of have a lot to be happy about here with uh, with the uh, with the Jets getting the return they wanted uh, in those picks. I think 
I mean, really that's, you, you can't ask for much more than that, like a second round pick and a fourth round pick next year on top of the sixth this year, you got, obviously this draft can be kind of a bit of a crapshoot because of the COVID and guys not being able to really perform and show what they have with the draft day specials and all that stuff. But next year, hopefully everything's back on track. You actually get to scout and, and that second round pick can be a pretty valuable pick. I know Darnell being uh, obviously a high, high first round pick, but uh, I think even being a fresh start for Darno, I think he's still got a lot of juice left. Like he's still real young. And I think this gives him a chance for a fresh start and, and, uh, and start again new. What do you guys, what do you guys think? Go ahead, Armin. Yeah. It, uh, it's a win-win for both teams. Like Jets, uh, they get to go after their quarterback they want without having to, to worry about a quarterback controversy going into the season. And, mm-hmm. and they still get some good equity out of, uh, out of Sam there. So win-win. Yeah, and then the news this uh, this morning I heard too is Teddy uh, Teddy Bridgewater and his his crew were given free reigns to go and seek out trade opportunities. So I think um, everyone will win. Hopefully, uh, you know they they go with Sam Darnold and give him an opportunity. If Matt Rule did what he did last year with um, game managing Teddy Bridgewater, I think that having Sam Darnold, a highly athletic and highly skilled quarterback, I mean the third old third overall pick just three years ago uh he, he might be able to do some damage and to do do that with just giving up that second round pick hey it's a good risk i think it's a win-win for everyone yeah and it makes them interesting at the 108 position because everybody kind of figured they're a lock to take a quarterback and i know they just releasing that they're not for sure out on taking a quarterback they still could um but i still think that this makes the draft a little bit more interesting as adding more variables because they could go many different routes they can go skill position they could go receiver they can go pits they can go defensively i know there's a lot of highly touted defensive position positional players they can scoop up i mean it makes and they can still even go quarterback at one away to somebody that falls them it can make things interesting the one thing i did note here was uh the the reconnection of sam darno and robbie anderson when Rob, robbie anderson was with the jets he soaked up 163 targets for almost 1,400 yards and 11 touchdowns. So I think with that connection coming back together with each other in Carolina, that Robbie Anderson could definitely maybe be a sneaky play uh, in the next season just with, with that solid connection they've had already accumulated uh, in a different franchise. So that's definitely one worth uh, looking forward to. Uh, Armin, you as, a, you as a Vikings guy, what do you think the chances of maybe uh, Teddy Two Gloves coming back to, uh, to Minnesota? I uh, think pretty slim the franchise is pretty sold on cousins and yeah i guess there's there's need for a backup but uh from the sounds of it teddy kind of wants to be a starter so yeah i don't think it's gonna happen um keeping on the news here uh free agent signings there's was a quite a few just kind of uh uh, follow up from our previous episode last week and if you haven't given us a listen on the the previous episode we did uh, kind of our reactions to a lot of the free agent signings but we've got a few extras to talk about uh, T.Y. Hilton signing a one-year 10 million dollar uh, re-sign uh, Tyler Lockett a four-year 69 million 37 guaranteed Sammy Watkins one-year five million um, with the um, uh, with the Ravens Leonard Fournette resigning for a one year up to 4 million, a pretty low, low pay contract for him, especially being uh, what he was in the playoffs for, uh, uh, for Tampa Bay. Uh, and then we got a few other ones, Matt Breida for a one year in Buffalo. Um, the new Orleans saints end up signing Nick Vanette for a three-year deal uh, kind of uh, kind of going for their uh, replacement for their tight end position, Tevin Coleman to the jets, uh, James White resigning in new England, 
Kalen Balage to Pittsburgh for a year, uh, Damian Williams to Chicago for a year, and Adam Humphreys to the Washington football team for a year. I know there's uh, some are kind of low impact, some maybe have a little bit more impact than others, but are there any other, uh, any ones that jump off the page that you guys want to take a swing at? Yeah, I think, so go ahead, go ahead, Armin. Oh, I was just going to say uh, Tyler Lockett, James White, both of them, good for them getting those contracts. They're guys that you kind of want to root for and uh, happy for them. Lockett, I love him. He's extremely underrated. Um, living in the shadow of Metcalf right now, but he is dynamic. He's really shifty, and he's, he's great at adjusting to when Russ goes on the move and has to scramble, um, making him a pretty smart player, so. He's pretty valuable. And for James White, I think uh, he'll have a, I'm going to say big season, but for his standards, you know, I think he's going to have a bigger season than last year. He's going to get kind of back to what his regular uh, production is this year, I think. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to disagree with you on the James White thing. I was hoping he was going to go to a, a scenario where he was going to get a little bit more touches. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the best receiving backs in the game. But I, I think he's a little bit underutilized where they could actually run him a little bit more, get him a little bit more touches and get him involved in the game. He had a wonderful college career. Um, and, you know, they've, he's kind of carved out this role as just a receiving back. And, it's you know, so I was, I was hoping that James White was actually going to sign somewhere else and see if he can get a little bit more touches. I think the only fantasy relevance um, out of the long list you have there um, are th- those main guys that you, you, you know, the T Y Hilton, that was a good resigning for Indy, getting them back one year. Tyler Lockett, obviously is, if, you know, he's hot and cold, but he's, he can go off for 103 him and, yeah. uh, him and Russ Le- getting Lenny back, um, playoff Lenny, um, I, I, you know, same sort of thing. Um, I was kind of as a Leonard Fernando owner in a couple of, uh, leagues, I was hoping that he was going to move on and not have to you know, have Ronald Jones and then they're talking about now Keyshawn Vaughn getting some touches um, and they'll, you know, and coaches have said they're going to ride the hot hand. So you're going to have some great weeks out of Lenny, but you're also going to have those duds. I was really hoping he was going to end up in Pittsburgh. I was trying to talk that into the existence, but oh boy, I was, yeah, I had that. Or, upset. I had that. I, I had Miami as well as another place that I would have liked to see him go. But I, I think the one year deal, you know, the prove it deal and see yeah. what you have and then maybe get paid next year when there's not all this, covid you know restrictions with the the cap and stuff so for sure yeah that uh for now one hurt me as a Keyshawn vaughn owner so didn't i was uh same same yeah i was i was hoping for a few different landing spots for some of these guys i agree with you james white i think oh man as like you said is one of the best receiving backs in the game i was really hoping he was going to go somewhere where he'd be able to showcase a little bit more and get you know a little like he's shown in the red zone they love going to him as a receiving back but he's punched quite a few in as well too but i just with with what new england with what new england's got going on there unfortunately i just think he's gonna be pretty low on the on the pecking order but but it's one of the same thing it was it was such a weird free agency season where it was just most people just re-sign in their location and went for the one year or the two year the short-term prove it deal like you had mentioned and it was just one of those ones where guys were hoping to get the big payday and the shift to the new locations and it just unfortunately wasn't just that year for us so it uh, was a little bit unfortunate but that's just the way she goes sometimes and yeah okay. i guess i do want to mention i think the sammy watkins one is a bigger it's it's not fantasy uh as much fantasy relevant i don't think sammy watkins is going to have a big year but um delving into what he did 
um, in scramble stuff for Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. I think that's going to be really good for, uh, for Jackson and Lamar and having that another guy that is uh, great within zone work within those defenses and stuff. And once Lamar starts scrambling, Sammy Watkins is graded out really well as a good scramble guy and finding those soft spots. So that'll be a good signing for, for Baltimore, not as much fantasy relevant for Sammy Watkins. You know, he'll be, he'll be okay. Yeah. Same as usual, kind of the, you can start him in certain situations, but you might get burnt a little bit, but that's just kind of how Sammy Watkins has established himself (laughs) in fantasy football. So yeah, it's interesting to see like with the Baltimore, with how many teams or how many guys were offered contracts by Baltimore and more money than the teams they ended up signing up with. And they denied the extra money to stick around in other locations. I don't know if that's, if that's pointing at something guys that are just, I mean, especially with the one year prove it, like you got to go out there and put up numbers. Like a guy like Juju, I know he got offered quite a bit to go to Baltimore. You get offered a big chunk of money, but then you put up below average numbers. Well, on a prove it year, you need to be able to put up those numbers. So it's uh, it was pretty interesting to see guys getting offered these, I'd say above average contracts and then denying it to be able to try and get more receiving work. But some of these uh, running backs, to switch uh, our uh, focus here a little bit, are actually, I think, looking at them again are, are kind of sneaky picks like none of them are big names but uh matt Breda, Breda going to buffalo i mean he could steal that, that starting role there like they're not very happy with singletary they haven't done much with him damian williams too like he could steal the show from montgomery i think it wouldn't be too hard like he's not a flashy player but he's productive and consistent so Damian Williams, people kind of forget that he should have been the NFL or the MVP of the Super Bowl a couple yeah. of years back. Like he was the MVP and I don't care what you say. Like I will disagree with you, but like Damian Williams was the MVP and Patrick Williams wasn't. So, I mean, we've definitely seen it and he is like a pretty good route runner too. So getting that receiving work, who knows what Andy Dalton can provide to him, but like he's a pretty good receiving back as well too. So I think that's an opportunity where he can showcase himself a little bit as well. Yeah. Some uh, some sleeper picks there later on in the draft. I think absolutely you guys could definitely be. Um, so we'll go into the next segment here. Keep trade cut. We're doing one of them today. Uh, so this one's called the old guys new contracts edition of keep trade cut. Uh, all three receivers that uh, are would say on their latter end of their career, older guys with uh, with the new contracts they got. Um, so Marvin Jones signing a two-year deal with uh, Jacksonville, uh, AJ Green signing the one year with Arizona and T.Y. Hilton signing the one year with uh, Indianapolis. So keep trade cut, um, AJ Green, Marvin Jones, T.Y. Hilton, who wants to, who wants to go first? Oh my, go ahead, Armin. Armin, you can swing, swing at her first. All right. So I cut T.Y. Hilton. I honestly don't see him bouncing back after last season. Um, I think there's too many young weapons there with a new quarterback that they're building around there. So he's kind of going to be relegated to more of a Larry Fitz role, I think, moving forward. Um, He's still put up some production, but it's not going to be very relevant production. And he'll he'll help uh, guide that team into the future as well. Um, Then Marvin Jones and A.J. Green. Those ones were, were pretty close for me. What split the difference, I think, is the perceived value of the two guys. So I went with keep Marvin Jones and trade A.J. Green. Um, I did put with A.J. Green, though, don't treat, trade him immediately, I don't think. 
I think his landing spot is, is great and he's going to be a good compliment to Hopkins. Um, and he will probably be Kyler Murray's best red zone threat. Um, so I think trade him to a team making a title run um, when he starts putting up numbers there and, and you might be able to get some good value there. Whereas Marvin Jones, I think he's going to have similar production to AJ Green um, this year, but he's always been underrated. Um, so just the, the trade market for him has never been great. So I don't think you're going to get out of him what you'd get for AJ Green. So might as well take that production. Dwayne, you want to go? I'll, I'll, I'll finish it off. For sure. I think um, I'm definitely cutting AJ Green. If I've ever seen a player uh, run in quicksand um, more than AJ Green <laughs> the last couple of years, boy, oh boy, is he, uh, has he fallen off and whether it be injuries and a number of things, but he, he can't separate and stuff. He looks like a tight end out there. Um, I don't really see any value um, in AJ Green. Get rid of him. He's going to Arizona. They have um, other mounts that they'll feed and he won't be one of them. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm trading Marvin Jones. Uh, you know, he starts to get, he, he has been that underrated tag over and over again. He's a guy that you can kind of get later in drafts. You can plug him in and you can get some points out of him, but I, I'm not, I'm not so convinced that you, you, uh, you're going to get a ton out of him in Jacksonville, uh, brand new coaching, uh, brand new coach there, brand new system, a ton of things at play, some young wide receivers there already. Um, so I would trade him based on his name and using that, as you said, Armand, he's been underrated, underrated. Look, look what you can get out of him. I don't think you're getting that out of him this year, which leads me to um, T.Y. Hilton. Um, I, I agree that I don't think T.Y. Hilton is going to bounce back to those 1,400 yard years and nine touchdowns or, you know, when he's had some of those big years. But I think that he'll be a, a good wide receiver three, four in dynasty, someone that you can kind of, um, if you've, you know, went running back heavy early in some of your redraft leagues and some of that stuff, you can get him a little later on. And I do think that um, at this stage, um, Carson Wentz um, will be an upgrade to Rivers just based on arm strength and what what T.Y. Hilton excels at. I mean, he's the nickname that goes for a reason. It's getting behind coverages and making big plays down the field. There was a couple of opportunities last year um, for you T.Y. Hilton owners, me being one of them. Um, he and a, was open. And a homer he, had, pick too. he had a couple. He had a couple of drops um, behind coverages and stuff, and that was with, um, and that was with Rivers. Um, you know, I Pat McAfee show yesterday. Um, he said he talked to T.Y. Hilton, and he had his first throwing session yesterday with uh, with Carson Wentz, and came away extremely impressed with his arm, with his ball placement and stuff. So, um, I think keep him at that wide receiver three four. Um, if you get anything more, it's a bonus. If not, I think he's a pretty safe, pretty safe bet to put up uh, those numbers. Yeah. And, that, and that's the thing, I guess all these guys, it all kind of depends on ADP, especially going into redraft seasons. Like um, so I'll, I'll give mine, my picks. And then I'm going to kind of piggyback on Dwayne a little bit here too, even though my picks are the same as Armin's I'm keeping Marvin Jones trading AJ green and cutting T.Y. Hilton. Um, I'm piggybacking on Dwayne. I'm going to talk about T.Y. Hilton first. So He's only the third percentile against man coverage with a 49% success rate. But then he jumps up a little bit to the 27th percentile against zone with a 75% success rate. So he's going to be a guy that you can't rely on heavily. But I do agree. If you're getting him as like your receiver four, where you, he's going to have his boom weeks where he excels in that 
zone coverage, like I said, 75%, that's pretty high, even though he's only the 27th percentile, but he's going to have those boom weeks. He's going to have his bus weeks. And that's just kind of what you have to expect with kind of all three of these guys. Like they're not by no means am I taking these guys as my one, maybe Marvin Jones. I'd be a little bit more comfortable with as maybe my two or my three than I would be anybody else, which is why I'm keeping him. But uh, T.Y. Hilton, I think with, with the potential emergence of the uh, young receivers, it just, his value isn't very high at this rate at this point, because he did have a bit of a tougher season. Uh, So there isn't a whole lot of guys that are jumping and chipping and trying to get T.Y. Hilton at this point. And if you are, I think you're selling him a little under value of what his potential value actually is where AJ Green, the hype is around him right now with going, Maybe, maybe this is the research. Maybe A.G. Green's back. He's going to a team. He's There's uh, vacated targets in the red zone. Uh, so I think there's a hype around him, even though we haven't seen numbers since 2017. I know, like, even though last year he played 16 games, it didn't feel like he played 16 games. So we haven't really seen it since 2017. But for some reason, the fantasy community is like, oh, he's going to get all these red zone targets, which you got to keep in mind, Kyler still likes to run in the red zone, like a lot. So... I think I'm going to trade him because I do think I'll get more value from AJ Green than I will T.Y. Hilton in return, but I'm keeping Marvin Jones. Um, He's a deep threat for a new quarterback. um, And he's like, we mentioned, he's historically underrated. Uh, But one thing that people don't realize in 2020, he had a contested catch rate at 81.8%, which is one of the highest in the league. So if you're getting that ball in the air, there's a high, high percentage he's coming down with it. So to have that safety blanket of the new quarterback, just throwing it up and potentially having Marvin Jones kept coming down with it. Like he's one of the best in the league at doing that. So I think that um, he'll still be kind of underrated and you're not going to get the value for him because he has been historically underrated, but that is a bit of a Homer pick too. Cause Marvin Jones is your <laughs> player. So uh, I definitely want to hold on to him. Uh, but it is worth mentioning AJ green. He turns 33 before the season starts. Marvin Jones turns 30, just turned 31 about, I think a couple weeks ago and T.Y. Hilton turns 32 mid season. So guys that are a little bit on the older side, like, but he, like AJ green, when I think AJ green, I think like 36, like I think old, like you said, he <laughs> just hasn't had it in a while, but for some reason people are just excited to, to get the wheels going on him again too. But I mean, once again, we're still speculating. So only time will tell come, uh, come mid season. One thing to kind of consider with what you said about that catch rate with Marvin Jones too, is, if he's able to make those catches on contested um, throws that effectively when he gets a little bit older and starts to lose a bit of pep in his step, he could still hold some value because he can catch those contested throws. Yeah. He's, he's always been a two, which as a Detroit fan, as a Marvin Jones fan, it's a head scratcher because it was always a conversation. Kenny Galladay ADP versus Marvin Jones ADP. You're getting the same numbers, but you're paying about five or six rounds premium on Galladay compared to Jones and he was always one of those late round sleepers that you always hope to try and scoop and put in as your wide receiver three and you kind of laugh about it but now with the new quarterback who knows exactly what that value is going to be but only time will tell on that one um so our off-season segment of this episode is called uh, guess who so it's a fantasy football version of the game guess who uh we're going to give a few hints and we're going to kind of go in order and take our turns here uh five hints for each player uh, the first hint is obviously going to be probably the hardest hint. And then by the end, the fifth hint will probably just give it away. And you, hopefully you should know by the end. Um, so we'll give five hints. We'll give the hint first. And then the other two will be given the opportunity to try and make their guess. If they don't want to make their guess and lock it in, then we'll keep going through the hints until you feel comfortable locking it in. And I'm going to keep a, uh, a tally total here. And uh, we have two bets going here. 
uh, with our sponsor of the week being uh, Rebellion uh, Beer. Then uh, the winner between all three of us is going to get uh, a Rebellion Care Package uh, for winning the uh, Guess Who. And then we have a side bet between myself and Armin for next week's episode that whoever does the worst between Armin and myself, uh, the loser has to wear the other's NFL team. So obviously us both being NFC North guys, uh, Armin being a Viking fan and myself being a Detroit Lions fan, it's going to hurt a little bit to whoever actually has to wear the, the jersey and the hat next episode. But uh, so we got a, a fun episode or fun, uh, fun little uh, game here for this one. Uh, rebellion beer care package and then a little bit of a rivalry side bet between uh, between the two co-hosts here as well too so um so how this will work is i will give my first one first i'll go through my list and then armin and uh, Dwayne will be given the opportunities to guess and um each each one if you guess correctly in the first one you get five points four points three points two points and on the last one you'll receive one point if you guess correctly if you guess incorrect you get zero points and then uh, we'll see who's the, who's the big winner at the end. So I'm going to make sure I got myself ready to go here. And my first one, my first hint is this player is the 88th percentile against man coverage with 75.8% success rate and 82 percentile against zone with an 82.7% success rate in 2020. So pretty Pretty high percentage player and a high percentile of, of completion. So hint, he's a receiver. <laughs> any, uh, any guesses at this point here, fellas? Not yet. Nothing? No. Okay. Hint number two. This player had a catch rate of 72.6% while only playing seven games and averaged 9.1 points per game in half-point PPR scoring format. Last year? This is in from 2020. He All played right. seven games with a 72.6% catch rate and getting an average of 9.1 points in half PPR format. Any okay. guesses? Well, I have one, but I don't want to I don't want to be locked in quite I don't yet. Lock it in yet. Yeah. Nothing, Armin? Not ready yet. Okay. Third guess. This player is 31st of all time with 11,746 yards receiving. He's 31st all time with 1,746 receiving yards. Any guesses? If you do have a guess, just hold on because we'll, we'll see if the other person wants to lock it in. Armin, do you have a guess? No, not yet. Dwayne? No, the last one kind of threw me. Uh, okay, I'll go to the fourth. I think oh. he's still too young. The guy that I'm thinking might be still too young to be up in that 31, but maybe. Okay, I will give you the fourth clue. This player has played for a total of four NFL franchises, including Tampa Bay, Oakland, New England, and Pittsburgh. Oh, I know. You're going to take your guess this round? Yeah, I'm going to take my guess. Okay, Dwayne? Jeez. I'm pretty sure I know who it is, but... Do you want to take your guess? Walk in the same time, or are you gonna are you gonna guarantee you with the fifth hint? No, I'm. I, I know who it is. You're gonna take your guess? Yeah. Can I take? Uh, well, I, I didn't know if I was gonna give Armin the. Oh, Armin, you oh you said first. Armin, do you want to take your yeah, guess? So I mean, I can. I'm, I can I write it down and then I, you get, can we both get it right or what? You can both get it right. You get both go. You get two points if you guess correctly. I'm writing it down so I can show it. Okay, Armin. <laughs> I'm sorry, the show that I'm not. Okay, Armin, take your All swing. Right. When who do you think it is? Antonio Brown. Okay, Dwayne. 
Yeah, I don't know if you could see that. Antonio Brown is Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown's correct. The fifth hint was this player had several scandals, which saw him sit out most of the 2019 season, but eventually moved into Tampa and to Tom Brady's house and won a Super Bowl with him this the following season. So you both guessed correctly. Antonio Brown, you both get two points. You know what? When you were initially going, I was thinking um, with seven games, I had uh, I couldn't remember how many games Odell Beckham had played last year, and he kind of oh, fits yeah. the bill of being one of those 88 percentile. And yeah. That's what was holding me back. That was yeah, a Brown was lost on me until you said the franchises because I was like racking my mind for all the veteran receivers who only played yeah. like part of the season. Yeah. Well, and then as soon as you guess. and as soon as you threw in that you know it was 31, 31st and yardage totals. Okay, well that wasn't Odell. He's not quite yeah, there. Yeah, he's he's still too far behind. I was, I was thinking maybe I could get guys on like AJ Green, but he played way too many games. And then yeah. T.Y. Hill, the same thing, played too many games. So I was like, hey, I'm trying to think of ways I can throw it off, but. Yeah, there we go. So there's my first. Antonio Brown was my first guess who. So now we'll go with Armand, uh, your first guess who player. All right. Hint number one. He is the younger of the two QBs tied for the most games in a season with a perfect passer rating. Okay. You want hint two? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Hint number two. He threw a touchdown on 9% of his passes in 2019, which was second highest in league history. Hmm. 9%? Yeah. Oh, I have an idea, but I don't want to take it yet. Give me hint three. Yeah. He led the league in passing touchdowns in 2019. Oh man, I should know this, but I I think I know who it is. You want to take it now or I have a couple guys in my head, but I am just No. No, I, I'm gonna take one more hint. Just give me a second. I should know this. Oh man. He led led the league in pass in twenty nine or sorry touchdowns in twenty nineteen. That was the last hint. Yeah, I I'm just trying to remember his name. I'm just trying to remember his name. I'm gonna take my guess right now if I can remember his name. Okay. It's a bit of a gamble, but it's uh oh hell holy hell man I'm terrible with names. Um from Minnesota. Do I tell you now? Because Dwayne saw us together. Yeah, no, you don't. No, you can't tell. If I can remember his name, but it's uh, what's his name from Minnesota. Um, oh, like Kirk, you're thinking Kirk Cousins? Kirk Cousins. Okay. That's, what, that's my guess. Kirk Cousins locking it in. Okay. Hint number four, Dwayne. You ready? Yeah. He holds his franchise's record for the most passing touchdowns in a single season. Oh, Christ, I'm over. Which also <laughs> happened in 2019. Oh, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm just going to go with it. Is, is it Pat Patrick Mahomes? Okay. No, it's not. Jeez, I should have just taken one more hint. The last, the last one should give you it. He currently holds the record for the most rushing yards by a QB. In Lamar a Jackson, season. right? 35, yeah. 35 touchdown passes that year, I believe. Yeah, or 36. Yeah. No, people don't know that. And that was my – That ah. threw me off. We're going off of passing, I was like, there's no way it's Lamar because he's known for the rushing. He's not known for oh, the passing. But I knew he yeah, had a was... touchdown year. Yeah, I think it was 36 that year. And, um, but I thought Patty Mahomes had more. 
The yeah. other one I was thinking was Kyler too, because it's like, man, he might, he was, because he, he had quite a few passing, but oh man. Yeah, I, thought, I, I thought maybe you're going with the Homer pick and I was going to take the swing because <laughs> I knew like he had, he had a spectacular season last year and he threw a lot of touchdowns and he went really under the radar. So I was like, oh yeah. man, maybe he's going deep cut here. But no, I just, I absolutely just did not pick that one up whatsoever. Yeah. Um, he, uh, I saw all those uh, passing records and stats and I was like, mm, might as well go with him. Okay. So that is zero points for me and zero points for Dan's for Dwayne. Uh, Dwayne, your first player. Alrighty. So I'm going to, I want to preface this with uh, when Jordan came to me and said, Hey, look, I'm thinking about doing a podcast and what are some things that you think are interesting or whatever. And I, one of the things that um, to me being a big time uh, NFL junkie and being a dynasty player is trying to find those hidden gems, um, getting them for cheap and then getting some value out of them. So I just want to, I'm going to preface it with that because that's where I went with this player. So kind of more deep sleepers. So this one may take you all the way to five and you may, you may not get it. <laughs> so, so here we go. So um, I'm a 25 year old wide receiver. Okay. I'm entering my fourth year in the league and many people, uh, they don't know this, but my first two years in college football, I was a defensive back. And so I really only been playing competitive wide receiver for the last four years. So this will be year five as a competitive wide receiver. So that's hint one. Started as a DB in college. Oh, man, I think I actually know who this is off the hop. You're not going to get it. No, there's – okay, I'm going to wait. I, I think I actually might know who this is. Well, maybe. Maybe you've heard that. Maybe you've heard that. I've heard, I've heard the DB thing, so I think I actually – okay, keep going, though. I want to hear okay. that. So in, more, in most scoring formats, I finished the year as wide receiver three. So whether it be a point per reception, standard league scoring without the point per can you, reception. Can you read that one again? So in most scoring formats last year, I yep. did finish the year as a wide receiver three. So somewhere in that, you know, 24 to 38 range. Yep. Near towards the back of that range though. Okay. Okay. So I was, I had some fantasy relevance last year. Alrighty. Third hint. So I don't know if you're, any of you guys are college football junkies, but I played my college football at LSU and I was a sixth round pick in the 2018 NFL draft. Okay. 2018, sixth yeah. rounder. Yep. Okay. Okay. I'm going to give you another hint. I'm going to give you stats from last year. Last year, finished the season with 72 catches, had 786 yards, four touchdowns, and more importantly, I had 110 targets. Can you read that one again? So I finished last year with 72 catches for 786 yards. I had four touchdowns, and I received 110 targets. And I'm a, I'm a big target guy. If you're getting the targets, that means you're involved in the offensive game plan each week. <sighs> Holy man, I am going for a loop here. No worries. Uh, That's what I was hoping to do. Give you guys uh, <laughs> one of those mid-range guys. All right. And if you can remember, I'm going to give you a hint five. I am the wide receiver three for the Atlanta Falcons. So, oh. 
you're going to draw some blanks, aren't you? Little did you know this guy, 110 targets, was a wide receiver backhand, wide receiver. Three I'm so I'm so bad with names, but I know exactly. I can. I this this game hurts me because I'm terrible yeah. with names, whether it's <laughs> or just friend. Oh man, I'm just terrible with names. But oh, so we need a timer because you guys are both. You're in. Uh, it's not a. It's not a name that you hear all the time. It's oh. for you fantasy players out there, if you're listening to this, you want who it is. No, give me a second. Yeah, that name's not coming to me. There's one name that's coming to me, but I think he's a wide receiver four for the Falcons. Well, it could be him. Okay, I'll I'll lock in. I got got a name. You want me to say it now? Yeah, because Jordan's got out of time. We're timers. Yeah, I I'm just I can't even draw any names. Zacharias Aritis? No. No, it is Russell Gage. That's that's Gage. what I knew. It was eighty three. I knew it was eighty three, but I couldn't remember his name. So you know what? He's a, and maybe this is shameless plugs for some guys that I've kind of went out and and, and got in my dynasty league. But um, you know, there's a guy. He may not. It may not be next year with uh, with Julio there and Ridley. But boy, that year after, um, and even last year, I traded him last year in our St. Mary League. One hundred ten targets. I also. The other thing too that I also uh, like is with uh, Arthur Smith moving over. Um, he's a very creative um, offensive game planner, and he, you know, he made Jonu Smith had a big year, and um, Humphreys was used in the slot when he played. I mean, I know he had some limited games and stuff, so I, he plays a lot in the slot. Russell Gage, um, so he could could have a nice year there. Little sneaky play. So that was my uh, my first guess. Yeah. I traded I traded him in St. Mary League. I, I uh, was hoping to maybe turn a profit on guys that were booming, which was Russell Gage and Miles Gaskins. And then I ended up getting like Le'Veon Bell. And it was like, oh boy. I, <laughs> I thought also... I was really hitting the money pot when he got traded to KC. And then Gaskins was a gold mine. And Russell Wilson was definitely a uh, spot start kind of guy. Man, I, I should have said number. Cause it's like, it's 83. It's 83. And those, yeah. South names. And those oh. guys, um, and those guys too that, didn't play full uh, full college careers as their skill position and transfer over. They usually take a little bit of time. So for him starting two years playing as a DB and then, you know, making the switch, good for him. Absolutely. Man, I'm going to get blanked here. I'm going to get an offer. This isn't good. I'm going to be wearing fucking Minnesota jersey <laughs> next week. Um, okay, my second one. Um, oh, I got to scroll up here. Okay, hit number one. This player was the average uh, average draft position of the 21st at his position, but finished seventh at his position in the 2020 season. So his ADP was 21st at his position, but he actually finished seventh at his position. Any guesses? I have one already in my head without it, but just thinking. Okay. okay. Uh, this player, pick our, um, number two, this player was drafted in the first round at pick number eight, in the 2012 NFL draft. Pretty sure I think I know who it is. Are you take your shot? No. This is how you win it right here. This is how you win. You get four points right now. Okay, I'm going to I'm gonna take a stab. You're gonna take a stab, Kate. Yeah, whether I lose the points or not. Is it write it, write it down? Write okay. It and then we'll write we'll, uh, and okay. then uh give Armin Armin, you can take a shot. Not at this one yet, no. Okay. Number three. This player played 11 games in 2018 season, 
posting 1,900, only 1,979 passing yards, 17 touchdowns, and nine interceptions. I promise I won't change my answer. <laughs> Armin, you got a guess? Or you want to hear another one? Which season did he only play? 2018. 2018. Oh, I'm racking my brain, but... In the last one, did you say where he was drafted out of? Nope. Just pick eight? Yep. Okay, I'll go one more. Okay. After the 2018 season, this player received a change of scenery and won over the starting position on his new team starting in the second half of week six. And this player also Uh, won the comeback player of the year since taking over. I'm wrong. The comeback player of the year? Yep. Switch teams. Oh, yeah, geez. <laughs> well, you can go ahead and say it. If you, you can want. say it now if yeah. you want, or you want to hear the fifth one. I'll, I'll guess. Or just wait. He, that was 2018, you said. After 2018 season, this player received a change of scenery and won over the starting position on his new starting team the second half of week six. This player also won the Comeback Player of the Year Jeez. award since taking over. So anytime between 2018 okay. to the 2021 season, he's one comeback player of the year. Okay. Yeah, I got – I'll take my pick now. Okay. Is it Alex Smith? Nope. No, Ryan Tannehill. I knew I'd get Ryan somebody Tannehill. with that one. So here's like, the – I knew I would get somebody. It's Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, it's uh, Ryan Tannehill. I, I know. He's one, picked him. Yeah. This player loves play action, sharing the ball with top-end players like Derrick Henry and A.J. Brown. It's uh, Ryan well, the Tannehill. One, the 1.08 pick – yeah, he, you know, Miami. And there is a guy too, actually. He played wide receiver for a couple of years in college before switching to quarterback. Going, yeah, going back to our Sam Darnold news, though, same guy getting away from Adam Gase yeah. and really flourish. So I'm fingers crossed that then uh, that Sam Darnold gets away from Adam Gase and pans out here. So there you go. I'm back in business. Zero zero. There you go. <laughs> oh, okay. I knew I would get something with that one. I, that's why I was going to put comeback player in 2019. But I was like, if I do that, then that throws the Alex Smith out there. So I thought I would get somebody. You, you want to even hear who I was thinking? Yeah. I got, I got locked into early, Josh Allen. But I think he was a little bit higher than the finishing seventh overall, actually, in quarterback. Well, he wasn't drafted in 2012, though. Josh Allen was drafted in, what, 2018? Thought... Yeah, he's pretty young. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Dumb. Yeah. <laughs> I just peer pressured in trying to lock in early, and I yeah, it kept me in this game here a little bit. Okay, uh, next, uh, who, is, who goes second, Armand? Yeah. Okay. All right. Hint number one, he is the most recent player to have three consecutive games with 200 yards from scrimmage, which is an NFL record. With 200 yards from scrimmage? Yeah. Okay, so three, he's done it three times, you said? Three consecutive games, three in a row. Okay. Right. I have two guesses. Right. I feel like it's a trick, though. It might be. Yeah. 200 yards from scrimmage. Okay. Okay. All right. Hint number two. He was suspended twice in two years for marijuana-related violations. 
All right. Twice in three years. Well, I'm, I got my guess. I'm, I'm locking in. I'm writing it down here. I'm going for big points. Locking out early. All right. I'm, uh, I'm going to hold out here. I'm going to wait to, I'm going to wait another one. Cause that one kind of threw me off. I had, I've, cause it was more than twice. He got suspended. No, it can't be him. Cause it's more than twice. Okay. Go next one. Next okay. one. He ran a four, six forty. Oh, well, that's not my guy. Oh, I want to take this guess, but I want to make sure I at least get a point to get myself in the ball game here. <laughs> I have I have a guess, but I'm gonna wait. I want to try and get some points here, so I'm gonna go one more. Okay. He touched the ball a ridiculous 406 times in a season, and only had two lost fumbles in that season. I'm out to lunch. I'm thinking of a different position. I think. I'm, I'm really thrown off right now too actually okay say that stat again he touched the ball 406 times in a season and only had two lost fumbles in that season that's me i was thinking a wide receiver but now you got me thinking a running back here i got another weed related just... twice four six forty What running backs have been suspended twice because of dope? Is it was that, was that hint four? Uh, hint four was the uh, four hundred and six touches. I got another. I got another guy written down just for fun. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think of running backs that were suspended because of dope. I think I got to take the for sure points here and go for hint five. Give me hint five. Okay, he sat out the entire 2018 NFL season. Is it Melvin Gordon? No. So, good hints. I'm out anyways. My guy, initially the very first stat, I was like, okay, Derrick Henry, but that was too easy for the first one. I had Henry and Hill written down. And then as soon as he threw me with the three three weed things, my mind strictly went, or straight ahead went to Josh uh, Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon. That was my yeah, other one. And right, then hint three, you went with a four six forty, which isn't Josh Gordon. No. So then, then you you know then you had all the ridiculous touches and not the, the only guy I could think of that was a running back that was suspended for that stuff was Ricky Williams, but that would have been he two thousand eighteen. I mean he's been retired for years, yeah. so, and that threw me off. I have no idea. Yeah, he. I think it was his uh, third and fourth seasons. He got suspend. The first suspension was with uh, Legarrette Blunt. Both of them got uh, arrested and charged with DUI and marijuana possession. Who was it? Who oh, Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell was suspended for weed three times. Twice. Twice. Yeah. Huh. Two figure. years in a row. He, it was the entire se- man. I thought as soon as you said sat out the season, it's like it's Melvin Gordon. But I, I didn't know, like, Melvin Gordon, I don't think, has been suspended zero, like, other than the DUI charge that he might get suspended this year. But, oh, man, I'm going to get blanked here. I got zero points. <laughs> you know what this is? It's harder than it looks when you get your mind on one player. Yeah. And then yeah. you start thinking that way. You can't get your head off of it. That 2018 should have been a no-brainer. I should have been, like, Bell. But I'm thinking 
Melvin Gordon, but that was that 2019 he sat out. Yeah, and it was only like what six games? Six games. I just had myself set him like that's who it was. I don't know why. Yeah. Oh man, that's bad. Bad. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, I gotta. This is for like the whole marbles here. I'm in trouble. Okay. Alrighty. All right. So once again, another shameless plug of player off of one of my dynasty leagues here. Um, so I was a timeshare running back um, last year. I was the secondary in the secondary role though. So I wasn't the lead back, but I managed to have eight of my 16 games where I scored double digit fantasy points in point per reception formats in PPR. Okay. So you got a position here at least. All righty. Hint two. Yep. Okay. So I caught 53 passes last year. So start, you can start narrowing it down a little bit, I think, of uh, some of those pass catching running backs. Fifty-three. He caught fifty-three. Fifty-three passes last year. Okay. I'm a 24 year old running back, and I was a fourth round pick, and I weigh 205 pounds. I was in three. And he was a fourth rounder. He was a fourth round pick. What was hint one again? He was a running back by committee. Running back by committee. So timeshare running back. And eight of his 16 games, he did manage in point perception formats, even 0.5 PPR. He had double digit, uh, double digit point scoring for you as a out fantasy. Of eight, out, of eight, out of half the weeks. Half the weeks, yeah. Right. Half the weeks he was. And he didn't some, say whether he was the primary or secondary. In that. He was the secondary. secondary. Yeah. He had less okay. touches than the primary guy. Okay. Okay. In four. He had 150 touches last year in total. He had 850 combined yards and five touchdowns. Say, he had, say that one again. 150 touches. Yeah. Okay. So between, you know, he had 53 passes. So he did get the ball 100 times. He had 850 combined yards and five touchdowns. Okay. You got to pause here because I have to make a guess or else I lose automatically. Okay. So give me, give me some time to think about this. 850, and then what was the last thing? Five touchdowns. Receiving or running, or did it say? I'm not saying. Just five total? Like five total touchdowns. Five total? Yeah. Okay, just give me a second here because I have to make a guess here. You can write it down, though, because Army could take the true point and still pass, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I got to go on a different sheet here just so because my sheet's all like, oh, you can't even see. My yeah, sheet's yeah. just an absolute disaster here. Um, I mean, it's on our system too. I'm sure we trust the jersey. No, I'm cheating. <laughs> I don't want to wear a freaking Minnesota jersey. <laughs> okay, just give me two seconds here. I'm just going to take a wild guess. Uh, well, you can keep thinking about it. You can keep guessing. Oh, no, you can, I can't give that. No, name. I can't once I lock in. Okay, I'm locked. Okay. And lastly, so the other half of the committee who had 239 touches, 25 receptions, 1092 yards, and 10 touchdowns, the other half of that committee, he just moved to Las Vegas. I think I might have guessed it right. Okay. I, uh, Can I show I got... mine? Can I show mine? 
Oh, no, so, I want to show Armin. Armin yeah, so Armin can guess, and then you can show Armin. Chase Edmonds. Chase Edmonds is correct. Jordan, who'd you? I guess Kenyon Drake. No. So Edmonds was actually the secondary guy in that, that RBBC. Um, and Drake had 239 touches. He had 1092 yards and 10 touchdowns, which was a pretty big year. Yeah. Which kind of leads me to believe here that uh, Chase Edmonds is a bit of a sleeper. Yeah, um, big time. Yeah. Like, I, and depending on what they do in the draft, I don't think they're going to draft running back early. Um, but he, he, he's in line to have a fairly nice year. And I know it's all coach talk this time of year, but coaches and stuff saying that they believe in him, that he can handle the workload. Um, I, I put that weight in there too. Cause 205, he's not, he's not a scat back by any stretch. No. I mean, 205 no. pounds is, is big enough, but yeah. So interesting. Interesting and to see I what was, happens with Chase Edmonds this year. I was stuck on Jamal Williams the whole way through. I, and see, <laughs> I have Jamal Williams stats written down. So that's the first one that came to my mind and I cross-referenced my stats immediately. And I was like, no, it's not him. But he this, came to my mind right away. Like, honestly, you, you get, you get in one train thought and that's all you can't get it out. Yeah. You just start thinking of that. I was just yeah. blanking. And as soon as the the committee, I was thinking Kenyon Drake was the secondary in that system, I think, because because like the numbers he put up. And then as soon as you said he went there, this guy went to Vegas, I didn't even listen to that stat breaker. The second half of him went to Vegas. I'm like, oh man, I'm right. Yeah. It was Kenyon Drake. <laughs> no, yeah. not no, even. no, the yeah, um, the other half of the committee just moved on to Las Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so we have that set. Eh? Yeah. So yeah, Armin's the winner with three, Dwayne two, and I got the fat goose egg. Sweet. So, oh, Minnesota gear, that's going to suck. Uh, so we'll give uh, Armin the old uh, Rebellion uh, brewery package, um, and we'll put a poster. Oh, we'll put a picture of it on Instagram congratulating him as the yeah. as the big champion there. But that was getting for, forward to that some. Uh... Good, but actually, that was a lot of fun. I enjoyed that one. Even though I'm terrible with names, it was still, still a good yeah. one. That was yeah, a fun one. I'm some looking forward to some uh, nice cold rebellion beer in this uh, <laughs> warm Saskatchewan weather. Absolutely. Um, last segment here, you guys. Last one, the ice cold hot takes. And like I mentioned, this episode uh, of the ice cold hot takes segment is sponsored by Rebellion Brewery. Uh, there's nothing hotter than our takes and nothing colder than an ice cold rebellion beer. <laughs> so with the weather getting warmer outside, that means patio season, everybody. So treat yourself. Go to your local um, local liquor stores, co-op, Sobeys, or if you're down in Regina, find yourself down on Dudney Ave there and get yourself a Rebellion beer um, and treat yourself to a good quality local Rebellion beer. Be a rebel, drink great beer. So here Look we at you. Hey, how long? Did I, I just can picture you writing that. Oh like yeah, you sitting there. Oh yeah, this is good. This is gonna yep. be like that's hey. it. As, as, as hot times. as our takes and as cold as their beans, I like it. <laughs> uh, it lights itself. Well yeah. done. Well um, done. Okay, so Dwayne, as our special guest of the week, we'll let you take off and uh, do your uh, hot take first. Alrighty. So my hot take, um, I have a couple, but this is you know the first one. Um, um, we'll give you both. I, I mean, I got plenty of hot takes. Usually, they're usually garbage, but just ask my <laughs> dynasty guys. They I got more hot takes than, than, I, than I know what to do with them. Um, but this hot take here uh, is Jalen Hurts next year will not only uh, be one of the top uh, quarterbacks in the league, he's easily, easily going to finish as a top 10 fantasy quarterback. 
Um, just, just some stats. Um, so he started uh, only, uh, you know, the last five weeks of the year. In one of those games, coach had that, uh, I'm going to pull you at half and put in quarterback three, which maybe ultimately ended up causing him his job. Um, so he played really four and a half games. Yeah. But through those five weeks, um, he ended up in point per point per game. So if you, if you look at point per game, which is another good indicator of, you know, what they, what they would accomplish throughout if you were to extrapolate it throughout the year, but he finished as a quarterback 12. So you got to think about it. The guy was a rookie quarterback in a messy situation. The, the Eagles had injury, one of the worst injury season plague seasons by um, all the teams. Um, the, they had, you know, you had the guy that was an MVP candidate only a couple of years previous. They had a Super Bowl in a couple, couple of years. So a t- ton of things working against him. It was a pandemic year as a rookie quarterback. You don't get a full off season. And so you got this disgruntled quarterback in the quarterback room that you're with. And even then he finished quarterback 12 and point per games and those things. So um, in two of those, and, and people, I think it was one of your guys' takes last. Oh yeah, Jalen Hurts with, you know, really struggled to throw the ball. Yeah, he, he may have, but I mean, he was throwing to some, you know, inadequate receivers. Mm-hmm. So two of the, two of those five games, um, one of them he threw for 338 yards. The other one he threw for 342 yards. His yard per attempt was, I think it ended up being the highest in the league. Um, you know, so people are saying, yeah, he's just a running quarterback. Well, no, he, he proved that he can throw the ball. I mean, like I said, two of those five games thrown for that kind of yardage extrapolate that over the course of a year and you know you're going to start to get some some decent yardage i also think that eagles moving back and um i think they're going to skill position i think they're going to take maybe the top uh wide receiver left at that at that spot um to help them out could be a Devonte smith could be a waddle could be you know I, I think chase is gone by then but they're going to get they're going to get a good player there so I'm buying them everywhere. I mean, I'm buying his rookie card on eBay. I'm buying, <laughs> I'm buying things. I, 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 I traded for him um, actually uh, quite a few weeks ago. And I think I ended up ripping the guy off um, by getting what I did. And I mean, we're, it's a two quarterback league. So um, I, I basically ended up being Josh Jacobs um, and I got Jalen Hurts. And I got a second round pick and a third round pick out of it. So I like, I like where, yeah, I like, I like, where I ended up with that was that prior prior Josh Jacobs knew like sign like the yeah the signings yeah or? prior prior to Kenyon Drake prior to all that stuff so like I oh, said yeah, that, that pound out good yeah it did yeah. now um I also think uh you know they're getting an offensive minded coach coming in one that um in Indy that um did some good things there with 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 what they had so um I don't think I don't think you can go wrong drafting hurts as a quarterback one. And I think he's easily, easily finishing as a, as a top 10 fantasy quarterback. And if you look at over the last number of years, I started kind of looking back as I was doing my hot take, every Russian quarterback finishes, if they stay healthy, that's the big, if they finish in the top 10, Um, you know, your Kyler Murray's and your Josh Allen's and your, you know, even, you know, dating back before that, the Cam Newtons and the Robert Griffins and stuff. And, but I just don't think he, I think he's been labeled as he's just strictly a, a run, run guy. Um, and I, I, he did in college. Yeah. He ran lots. Um, his, his, actually his rushing stats in college are crazy. Um, but I think he's going to, I think he's going to be a, a lock to finish in that top 10. So that's my hot take. 
the nice thing is he has the baseline. Like all running quarterbacks, you have the baseline and you're going to get X amount of points every week regardless. And then the passing yardage is just a plus. I look at Lamar Jackson last year. Everybody's like, oh man, Lamar was awful. And if you actually look at his numbers, yeah. they, they're not bad. I mean, compared to his average draft position, they're the not. second bad. half of the year was a lot better. First yeah. half, a little slow, but yeah. So I definitely agree. And I like the point about the, um, about the draft capital with being able to add some weapons. And I think things can definitely look better for him. And even if they don't, you got the running floor. It's just, it's just a matter of how high does his ADP go to where you're fighting off value. Yeah, for sure. And, his, and they, I mean, his offensive line was hurt. His yeah. receivers were hurt. His tight end was hurt. Like it was, it was a mess. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I could get on that train there, Glenn. Armand, hot take. All right. So I'm going with Sam here and I am not totally convinced that this year is going to be a great year for him. Um, I think that my hot take is he is going to perform no better statistically wise than Teddy Bridgewater did this last year. Um, not to say his ceiling isn't still high and that he could still reach elite levels potentially, but I don't think it's going to happen this year yet. But if you do look at Teddy Bridgewater stats from last year and stats from uh, the New York Jets with, uh, with Sam in it at the starting quarterback, um, he would still have his best year career-wise if he matched Teddy Bridgewater's numbers from last year. Mm-hmm. So shorter, but short and sweet there, but that's my, uh, that's my hot take. Sam Darnold is going to get a little overhyped here. He's not going to be worth the ADP, and he won't uh, perform at elite level this year. Fantasy Twitter is a buzz about him right now, and yeah. rightfully so. It's something to talk about, but man, like I was looking at Twitter polls and stuff, and it, guys were like, yeah, I'd rather have Sam Darnold than this guy. And it's like, okay, like ask me that question three days ago, and everybody's like, no, he's dead to the wolves. But yeah, um, I don't know. Well, there, Dwayne. I've I've been a, I've kind of been on the Sam Darnold train um, this last little bit, saying that if he goes to the right situation, I mean, he's still only was he twenty three or twenty three years old? Yeah, yeah. 20, 23 years old. I think he came out a year too early. Should have played one more year of college. And as we've, we've witnessed, Adam Gase has been a career killer for multiple players. <laughs> um, and so let's just, let's, let's give it time. You, one of your, uh, your guess who's was Ryan Tannehill. There's a perfect example of a guy yep. being a change of scenery, having the talent, having that, that draft, you know, that top 10 draft value of, of the NFL draft. Those guys don't, they don't grow on trees, no. whether they turn out or not, they have the pedigree. They have the, uh, the ability to have those monster years. So I think that Sam Darnold, sorry to say, I think he's going to, uh, he's going to have a much better season than Teddy Bridgewater, even losing. I mean, I know they lost, um, they lost one of the receivers from last year, Curtis Samuel there yeah. to, to new England. But I think that they're, they're still going to be, I, I'm, I'm, I'm on the Darnold train. Here's, here's <laughs> a guy that I'm going to be targeting late in drafts. It sounds I'm, I'm, I've gone on record and I'm a late quarterback guy. I will scrap it till the very, very end. And he's a guy that can go relatively almost undrafted or like a late, late round. And like I said, we, we already mentioned the Robbie Anderson connection. Um, DJ Moore, I, I think he's going to have another good year. Now the, the problem is, is he going to get targeted? We don't really know. But CMC is going to be back too. So check downs if they gain another weapon. So I think they're going to surround him with enough weapons that and, – and people forget like he can move. Like he can run. Like that and, running – was it against Denver? Like it was like a 40-yard sprint to the – Oh, for to the sure. Yeah. And then – once again, they have, what is it? The 
the eighth slot this year in the NFL draft. Yeah. So the same thing. They draft a playmaker. They draft a, I mean, they, they got, they got some holes as well, but if they get maybe Kyle Pitts slides there, even an old line guy, like yeah. I just want to see Darnold. I want to get, I want to just get, see him get a fair shake. It's nice. Nice yeah. that uh, he's going to get that. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I, I don't think he's going to explode this year yet. I can. I, that's, I, good, that's a good hot take then. Yeah, because that exactly. is going to be against what most people are, are going to yeah. think. I just hope it, I just hope it pans out for him. Yeah. Well, even, even if he has like a decent, year not like top tier year but decent year first year in a new system you know like he can still continue to grow and, and get better and better right like it was a, Tannehill it was a, he didn't explode necessarily that first year in Tennessee yeah it took him a bit to get going it was a treat when we went down there for the football conference and got to see him at USC oh man that was an absolute treat like the hype around in there and everybody watching the cameras and everything for spring camp when he was getting prepped for the NFL draft. That was a treat to see him down there. It was pretty, pretty cool. The USC, the that Southern California weather is right around this time of the year actually too. So that, that weather was a little treat being down there, but yeah, I hope he hope it pans out for him with a little change of scenery. Um, so my hot take, this one is real hot because uh, it's going against a lot of, uh, a lot of opinions. I think Jamal Williams is going to be a league winner running back. Now, some statistics here for you. We're going deep here, okay? Some statistics. Homer here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I traded for him. I traded for him. I'm putting my money where my mouth is. I went out. And oh traded. God, I like that. I do that same thing. Guys there can't say, "Oh no," just because like, no, no. You put your money yeah. where your mouth is. I like that you traded for him. So. So Sam, uh, sorry, um, Jamal Williams in 2020, he had 35 targets and a catch percentage of 88.6 percent in in offense that doesn't necessarily have to throw the ball as much to the running backs. They weren't behind in green Bay. They weren't behind in games lots. So they didn't have to throw to him lots, especially in an offense where they preferred to find uh, their number one receiver. Okay. Um, and Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones last year combined for 98 uh, receptions or 98 targets of 526 in green Bay for for 19%. Okay. Now, obviously we got a new system here for Detroit. We've got a new quarterback. So I had to go to the Rams statistics here and the Rams uh, running backs. I know it was a bit of a kind of a kerfuffle with three different running backs, but they got 71 um, targets for 12% uh, of their share. But so you may think, okay, well, here we go. The numbers are worse for Jared Goff than they were Aaron Rodgers. But you got to remember Jared Goff still likes to check it down and they ran a two tight end set. Now, those two tight ends accumulated for 21% of the target share in, in, uh, in the Rams offense. So if you combine the running back targets and the tight end targets, you're looking at 33%. Now, obviously, all those tight end targets, some of them are downfield, but a lot of them are check down targets. So we already know Jared Goff likes to target and check down. He gets himself set on one receiver. If it's not there, he's checking it down. Now, you got to remember, Detroit's going to be awful this year. They're going to be terrible. So they're going to be behind in games lots and they're going to have to throw the ball a lot. And here's another, and I'm going to come back to some statistics in a second here. You got to remember new, new, um, new head coach, Dan Campbell. He went out and stated, we want to get our guys and we want to change the culture here in Detroit. Who was one of the very first signings he did. He went and signed Jamal Williams. Now Jamal Williams is a, is a hard hat lunch pail kind of guy, go to work, check in, check out, do your job. Okay. He put up great numbers with Aaron Rodgers, and I think he's going to put up huge numbers with Detroit. There's a, there's a reason they brought him in, 
and he's going to be the receiving guy, I think. So I think they're going to get a lot of work, and I think he's going to get them. Now, when I say get their guys, that doesn't mean they're going to scrap Swift. They've went on record saying they like Swift, but there's a reason they brought in Jamal Williams. Now, here's why I say he's going to be a league winner. That's the statistics going to go in it. Uh, DeAndre Swift got 57 targets last year for 46 receptions uh, at a catch rate of 80%, but his average draft position is 4.11. He's a late round, fourth round draft pick. That's pretty high draft capital and high draft pedigree. Now you go look at Jamal Williams, who's got a catch rate of 88.6 and who was the tempo receiving back for Green Bay, but his average draft position is 13.08. So late 13th. So sometimes money have not even be drafted. Now we know in, in redraft leagues, if you find a hidden gem in your late rounds, that sets you so far ahead of the rest. Like, look at guys that had James Robinson this last year. If you had, say, guys like, I'm trying to think of, like, like Delvin Cook. You took Delvin Cook in the first round, and then your second pick, whether you took, like, a, like a high-touted, like, a Julio Jones receiver or maybe a, a, a number two running back, then if you hit on, like, a guy in the 13th, 14th round, and that's going to be, like, a trustworthy 10, 11, 12-point guy, you're finding fantasy gold. And I think the lines are going to be terrible. So they're going to have to pass the ball a lot with a quarterback that loves to check it down. And they're going to have to be high tempo to try and catch up in games. So I think Jamal Williams is going to be a league winner because he's going to be late round gold. And well, if you don't take Swift, who's going to lose shares, you're saving yourself a fourth round pick and you're making up those shares in the 13th, 14th round. So can I, not, not bad. I don't mind you laying that all out. I think I, I think the only way he is relevant is, is a swift injury. Um, I think you, you know, you, you might draft him later on in the, in the draft, but you drop him when I'm talking redraft leagues. Now you're yep. dropping him Cause you're going to, you're not going to be playing him Cause it's going to be swift, this swift that. And I think his role is going to be very similar to what it was in green Bay as that secondary guy, good teammate. Um, he, he actually, he's, he could be a physical runner. And in fact, I hate the situation that he went to. I was hoping same thing for a guy like him to actually go and be a lead back somewhere and be the one and somebody else be the two in that. So, and that's um, the thing you mentioned about him being the second guy in green Bay. If you remember from his stats from Donnie last year, but the year before there was plenty of games where he outtouched Aaron Jones and Aaron Jones was irrelevant, but Jamal Williams was the guy. I know Armin, you had Jamal Williams this last year and I had him the year before and he's your plug and play. Forget about him. RB two, RB three because he's going to get you 11 points. Sometimes he's going to put out more. And like you said, if I think he's like truly a league winner, which I never bet on injuries. So if Swift goes down, then he's truly, truly a league winner. But if you can get yourself that trusty RB2, RB3 in that late in the draft, I think you're, you're laughing because that's, it's a dart throw anyways. You're throwing, you're hoping for the best and see if something sticks in those late rounds regardless. So. Certainly not, not a bad, not a bad hot take. I'll Armin, any, I'll any, I get on board on that one there, Armin? I also think Swift is a is a much better receiving back was than Aaron Jones. And not that Aaron Jones is bad. Aaron Jones has proven to catch the ball and do yeah. some things. I think Swift's a much better receiving back. So I don't know if it's, it's going to play out that way. With Williams. I was I was Williams super is excited. An incredible receiving back, I think though. Like you, I just saw the highlight again of his uh, and back of the end zone catch for Rodgers. Yeah, and it was incredible, like diving for the ball, contested, and he made that catch, and he looked like a wide receiver doing it. Mm-hmm. So, I, I was, think 
I was if, super excited when Detroit drafted Swift. Like I was super excited because I think he can be a true three down back. But I think it's going to take some time now, especially through the. <laughs> I still, I still that Swift drop last year where they would have won the game. Oh, tell me yeah. that. Hey, sorry. sorry, it got us, a, it got us a better draft pick. Yeah. It got us a better draft pick. <laughs> That's what he was going for. Right? Yeah, exactly, helping us out. Any, uh, any last minute uh, plugs here, fellas? No, if keep. I, I don't know when the next time I'll get an opportunity to be on this lovely podcast. But Zach Wilson, big time believer. My, that was my other going to be my other hot take actually. And there's a few people kind of in this uh, in the same thing that I actually think he's going to be better than Trevor Lawrence. That's that's where I'm at. Both both could have been spicy, regardless. Yeah, uh, I okay. had some I had some stats for that too, but I uh, <laughs> I got I, I I acquired both. I just I actually moved in my dynasty league. Same putting your mouth your money where your mouth is. I actually moved I moved on from Lamar Jackson, who I love absolutely yeah. love um, to add some. I needed some, some more players and some more draft capital. And, um, cause I knew I was going to be able to get Zach Wilson at the two spot in the draft. So putting the money where your mouth is. Yeah, yeah. Right on. Well, I guess that does it for us. So a huge thank you to our very first special guest, Dwayne Garrell. So thank you very much for, yeah, for coming guys. on board uh, to the yeah, podcast. Thank you, Dwayne. Uh, another big Thanks. thank you to rebellion brewery, uh, for, for setting us up with, uh, with some of the, uh, some rebellion uh, beers. Obviously, Armin is the the big winner of the one there from our segment this season, for this episode. But hey, um, I'm looking forward to cooling my mouth down from those really really hot <laughs> cakes with some cold beer. Absolutely. Uh, so thanks for listening in today, everybody. Uh, ch- once again, check us out on all the streaming platforms: Spotify, uh, Apple Podcast, um, Google Podcast, uh, iHeartRadio, all the platforms, and then also on YouTube. Uh, Thanks for checking us out here, episode three, and stay tuned for episode four coming up in two weeks. Thank you, everybody, and take care. Once again, thank you to Dwayne Garrow and Rebellion Brewery. Have a good week, everybody. Mm -hmm.